Shall we pray? Our kind and gracious Heavenly Father, that is not just tonight a prayer of our current situation, but it is also a prayer of our anticipation and goal for the future. May we love you, Lord, with everything that we have. May that love show to a lost and dying world around us. And may we be all that we need to be in light of your love for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you feel like uh, you're a little bit under pressure right now? (laughs) Let's be honest, okay. You don't know what pressure is. I've got these five sitting right over here, and they have told me... Yeah, see, they're, they're, they're getting ready with the signs to see, you know, they're judging. It's not like... It's not like it's not enough that they have to be graded, but they're going to grade me tonight as well. Please don't uh, anybody else take a hint from that. Let me let me just uh, give a disclaimer right off the bat. I was I was a Christian ed major, both in college and in seminary, and never took a formal class in preaching ever. I mean, I had to take one for ordination. I took it by correspondence back in those days when you could. So, you know, if it's a three or four, it's okay. Tonight I want to talk to you about uh, a slave to love. Because it's almost Valentine's Day, right? Almost. Well, see, I, I, I really thought about this. And I don't know how many of you might remember, but if you remember, last time I preached, I was completely unprepared. So, you know, I'm only three days behind now. It was Valentine's on Saturday, and I'm ready to go now, so I'm, I'm improving, I think. The signs will soon tell me. Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like for us to go back for just a couple of minutes. I'd like to take a few surveys tonight. Guys, how many of you honestly did something special for your wife or special loved one on Saturday? Oh, come on, guys, man. Called your mom. Well, that's okay. Uh, Barry, what'd you do for D? Got bagels, okay? Okay, judges up here on the front row almost. Uh, how do bagels rate in terms of romance? Uh, we're going to have to try again. Let's see. Uh, Dr. Light, 
What did you do for Marilyn? I bought her a little raccoon heart. Raccoon finished heart. Yeah. Oh, and then, where'd you go to dinner? We got a 10 over here. All right, that's good. Yeah. Okay, uh, ladies, how many of you had something very nice from your special loved one? From or for? From. Oh, Shelly, what did Tim do for you? Whoa, how's that? How's that rate, judges? Flowers, made dinner? Okay. Well, we we are a bit beyond uh, Valentine's Day. The day of love. Or should I say the day of love? You know, I, I thought about the, the title of the message tonight, A Slave to Love. That didn't, that didn't go? Yeah, I understand. I, I do want us to think about tonight what it would mean or what it does mean. To be a slave to love, and I, I'm thinking... Specifically in terms of this phrase from Scripture, God is love. And I want us to think in terms of being a slave to God. There's an interesting passage of Scripture over in the book of uh, Exodus, the 21st chapter. I don't remember exactly the first time that I ever read it. I don't know about you, but when I was younger, it seemed like every year on January 1st, I would I would make the resolution that this year I'm going to read the Bible through. And, you know, and I knew I grew up in a church where our pastor talked a lot about reading the Bible through in a year, and and I knew even as a as a child that if you read three chapters a day during the week and five chapters on Sunday, you could finish the Bible in a year. And and so every year I'd start Genesis one and I'd you know I'd work my way through and I'd get through Genesis and I'd I'd get into Exodus and somewhere normally in Exodus it kind of all fell apart. So much so that that I was quite a few years older before I realized that not every book in the Bible has 50 chapters. <laughs> Genesis did. I assumed every other one did for a long time. So I don't remember exactly when I, when I read this first... Well, I'm sure I read it at some point in my childhood, but it didn't really sink into me. But, but this is an intriguing kind of story. Um, I'm going to ask a question off the wall. Uh, how many guys here, you don't have to show us, okay? How many guys here have some piercing? Hands up. Okay. Okay. Did you know you were biblical? 
this passage of Scripture, Exodus 21. These are the laws you are to set before them. This is God speaking to Moses, and now Moses is going to be talking to the people. If you buy a Hebrew servant, he is to serve you for six years. But in the seventh year, he shall go free without paying anything. If he comes alone, he is to go free alone. But if he has a wife when he comes, she is to go with him. Now listen to this. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the woman and her children shall belong to the master and only the man shall go free. Now here's the really interesting passage. But if the servant declares, I love my master and my wife and children and do not want to go free, Then his master must take him before the judges. He shall take him to the door, to the doorpost, and pierce his ear with an awl. Then he will be his servant for life. He will take him to the doorpost and pierce his ear with an awl. A number of years ago... uh, Early in my uh, tenure as a district superintendent, we were striving to find some uh, some course and direction and vision for the district as a as a whole. So I asked the district advisory board if uh, if I could choose six of the pastors at uh, to some sense at random, and and we would meet for a three day time of prayer and fasting and discussion and Bible study and vision seeking before the Lord. We would, we would do that about once every other month for a year. I have to tell you that that time, those times together with those six other men was, a, was an incredible, incredible part of my life. We, we would come together early on a Monday morning and, and we would ask each of the seven of us to have had some devotion prepared that during the two and a half days we were together we would share with each other. And I remember one day one of the men presented this concept, the love slave. And it so gripped my heart and my mind and, and it so it really just got a hold of me and I couldn't get away from it. The idea that, that I would be, that the slave would be marked. Marked in such a way that wherever he went, men and women would know there's a slave who is a slave because he loves his master. It, it so gripped me that in one of the churches that where I was preaching on a Sunday morning, I, I made the statement in the in, in the service that I was I was contemplating this verse and I'd been meditating on it. I'd been thinking about what it would really mean to be so devoted to God so completely that I would be a love slave. And I made this sort of off the cuff remark. I said, I have been thinking about it so seriously that I have been thinking about having my ear pierced. Now, that's not such a big deal for guys today. 
It wasn't that many years ago, that was a pretty big deal. One of the men who was in the church that morning was actually visiting from another church on the district, and he came up to me after the sermon, and I'd been greeting people, and I was uh, helping shake people out of the church. You know, that's what we do on Sunday morning, we shake them out. And, and I was I was helping shake people out of the church, and, and this guy came up to me and he said, Oh, oh, Brother Matson, don't do it! Frankly, I'd forgotten what I, what, you know, I said, I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, oh, don't, don't, don't do it. I said, what are you talking about? He said, don't ever pierce your ear. Oh, I thanked him and I said, well, I probably overstated it, but I have been, I have been captured by the, the image of being a slave to God. As my schedule happened, it was about a month later that I was in that man's home church on a Sunday morning. I had no sooner walked in the door than he came running over to me, greeted me warmly, and said, turn your head. <laughs> and I, I went like this. He said, turn the other way. And I went like this. And he said, oh, good. <laughs> and before he left me, I said, y- y- you know, Brother Tucker, I only said I was thinking about having my ear pierced. I didn't say anything about putting a ring in it. Either way, if, if the slave says, I don't want to go free, isn't that one of the, the problems we have as human beings? i got to be me. I want to be free. I want to be who I can be. I want to be in control of my life. I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands of how many control freaks we have here. Always got to be in control. But the concept of being... A slave to love, a slave to God. You see, we really can't be free, no matter how much we want to be. As I, as I think about that, there's a passage of Scripture over in the book of uh, Acts. I'm sorry, in the book of Romans. book of Romans chapter 6, where, where Paul is talking about being dead to sin and alive to Christ. And, and in verse 15, listen to this, Paul says... What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. In other words, Paul is saying, you don't really have a choice. You're going to be a slave 
But then Paul says you do have a choice in who it is you're going to be a slave to. You're either going to be a slave to sin, you're going to be a slave to unrighteousness, you're going to be a slave to Satan and all that that would lead to, or you're going to be a slave to God. That is the choice you get. Not a very pleasant picture in this uh, day of independence and I've got to be me and I want my own way and I've got to be in control. I'm sorry, Patsy, I have to be in control, not got to be. Or, or, there you are. It really wasn't Professor Crane that caught my attention. It was my English teaching mother who passed away many years ago that just caught my mind when I said, gotta be me. In this day and age, in this time when it is so, so difficult, I I can't tell you how many times within the past two weeks I've heard students say, this has been such a long term. Well, hey, one more class tonight, two more classes tomorrow night and Thursday night, and then you're home. Oh, no, you do have tests, don't you, next week. (laughs) See, even then you're not free. I'm captured again in these days by the concept of being a slave to love. I want my life to be such that I would say to my master, I don't want to be free. You see, I tried that road. It's been a long time ago now. But I tried that road for too many years. The road where I thought I was being free. I thought I was doing what I wanted to do. And then I realized that I really wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I was being led around as if I had a ring in my nose. And was just being led by a chain into all kinds of misery and darkness. And so when God says to us, as he does, you are free to choose. I want to repeat over and over again to my master, I don't want to go free. In the passage of Scripture that I read in Exodus, there's very strict guidelines. If 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 the slave came into that setting with a wife, he or she could or he could take the slave the, the wife out of the setting when he was freed. But if the master had given him a wife and he had had children. If he chose to leave, then the wife and children stayed. Well, as I look at my life, I have to acknowledge that every good thing I have in my life came to me from my master. And why would I want to walk away from all of that and leave all of that? To be free? I wouldn't be free. Why why would I want to leave what God has given me? 
And I understand. Chaplain Like said just a few minutes ago, you made it. We have come this far. This is a tough term. As you probably all know, I'm the new registrar. One of the things that I learned in one of the first days that I was in that office was that there are more students who withdraw from Nazarene Bible College campus studies during the winter term than either spring or fall. And I was told that more students withdraw in the first two weeks after Christmas than any other two-week period of the term. This is a tough time. But hey, you made it this far. (laughs) Yeah, we ought to stand up and cheer. I understand that. Okay, go ahead. You've come this far by faith. But not only that, you have come this far by faith. There are a number of you who are here tonight who will be, if all goes well, leaving us in just a few months. We will all have mixed feelings about that. And you have come this far. There are some of you who think that that day for you will never arrive. But you have come this far, and the God who called you here, the God to whom you were a servant when you came, if you had not been His servant, you would not have come. You came because He said, come here. Why would you want to do anything but say, I love my master too much to leave all of this? Just go ahead, master. Pierce my ear. You've come too far to say, I want to be free. Our Heavenly Father, We thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for your love. Remind us again and again that we not only are, but we want to be slaves to love. In your name I pray. Amen.